Let's turn our Bibles. I want to say Mark because I missed Mark so many times this morning and I couldn't figure out. You all just start laughing and I have no idea what you're laughing about, but um, we're going to go to Philippians tonight and we're going to stay in Philippians. We're going to look at probably the most common verse in Philippians everybody knows and go to Philippians chapter 4. Talking about the Pauline epistles, and we're talking about Paul writes these to churches, and trying to go through what 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 Paul told the churches, and and then what Paul told the um, the preachers that he had. And so let's go ahead and stand, and we're going to just quote the verse. Everybody knows Philippians four thirteen. Let's quote it twice, and then we're going to talk about this. And there's actually two different points I want to bring out to to you with this. And so let's read it together, and, and or quote it. Um, Philippians four thirteen says this. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. One more time. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. When you look at this verse, I know a lot of people quote this verse. Even the world knows what this verse is. I've heard, heard people say this. But I don't think it means what a lot of people say it, they think it means. First of all, the, the number one biblical thing you've got to remember is the Bible's not going to give you something contrary to itself. It's going to all line up. In other words, people will say they can do things in Christ that are not biblical, biblically mandated. And so I, I want you to see that. It's misquoted. I, I've done this. I, I mean, I've, I've seen people do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, and it's great to use that, but what does this verse mean to you? Paul writes this, probably one of the most powerful verses he wrote. Um, but I want to give you a personal application of when it says I can do all things. The all is referring to being biblically correct when you do it. Being biblically correct sometimes is not politically correct. It's not, when it, when it looks at this, it's not only that, it sometimes goes against our nature to do what the Bible says. You ever read some scriptures and said, wow, how can I do this all in Christ. And I'm going to give you a hard example. We talked about doing things this morning. The Bible says I can do all things. The word do is in there. And says what, what, when it comes to the doing thing, what does this mean? I'm going to give you something that's hard for you to do. Number one, what is something that's very hard for you to do? Everybody's different, correct? You have different avenues in your life that are harder. Different aspects of the Bible that are harder to follow. If someone has a, a drug addiction, drugs are the things that, dr that, that go drive them. What about drinking? If you ever met somebody that has an alcohol problem, they're going to have things that are going to drive them. What about gambling? People are going to have problems with that, and it's going to drive them. So when we go to this, I can do all things through Christ with strength. I mean, it's a great verse, mind you. Don't, I'm not taking anything away from it. But we're going to look at something that's very hard. Because when we were talking about this morning about doing things, really, working with a wanna Tamara, is not a hard thing to do. It's actually an enjoyable thing to do. If you get the right kids, amen. And then the nursery is really not a hard thing to do. The jail ministry is really not a hard thing to do if you've got some tough skin. Because I think of some of the people that Brother Brown worked with, it can be a difficult ministry. And as you, as you look at this, but if you do it through Christ, you'll be okay. What about some of these other ones we were talking about? Cleaning a bus. You know what happens when you clean the bus? When you ride on the bus, you won't trash the bus, amen? You'll throw stuff in the trash can. There's trash cans. You know what trash cans are for? Trash, amen? You know, and, and, and when, you, when you drive the bus, if you're in charge of cleaning the bus, you're going to watch where you drive it. 
You're not going to drive it through the mud. Daniel, Daniel goes four-wheeling with our, with, our, with our buses. I keep telling him there's six wheels on those things. He said he doesn't care. We're going to take it up that mountain. Amen. I want that mountain, as we sang. You ever been there? When you drive your clean car, I saw, I, I saw Lowell out this week, and I passed him when it was raining. I didn't even know Lowell dro drove his vehicles in the rain. They're always spotless clean. And I, I even texted him, I said, you're going to have to wash that now. You know, my truck, I, I throw soap on it when it rains, and it, God washes it, praise the Lord. But when you, when you do something, you act a little bit different. What about this? What about the yard work? You'll see things differently. It's not hard to do that. Security is not hard to do that. You feel like you're serving choir is not hard to do. Kingdom's kids is not hard to do if you love the kids. Psalm 126 is very refreshing to go to. Brookdale. Some of those ladies, I, I'll be, my, my week is next week. And, and I look forward to seeing them. I look forward, one day we were sitting in there and we had three guys, three men in the, in the service. I think we had like 12 or 13, there were three men. And I noticed when we got done, they all put their hats on. Every one of them was a World War II vet. You don't usually see one, but to see three in a room, then you start asking them questions. And what is the, the man and his wife that are married there? The Halseys. You want to you meet some people that are wide open? You know, it's those two right there. They make your day when you get to see them. I always ask them questions, and, and no matter how many songs you sing, you've not sung enough for Mrs. Halsey. She wants to sing more. But as you go through these, these are great things and easy things to do. In fact, they're not hard. In fact, why does Satan not want you to serve? He doesn't want you to serve because he knows you might like it. We, we've got this inerrant feeling in us that our heart wants to serve. Sometimes our mind doesn't. And as I use it, as I reflect it to Brookdale, I love being with, those, being with those people. They love to just be treated like normal. They don't want to be treated fragile. They still think the way that they thought when they were younger. And yet they still love us, and it's rewarding to be in some of these ministries. You must realize how great you have it. And when I go to Brookdale and I see some of these people that don't have anything, I realize real quick how great I have it. Aren't you thankful for, the, for how good you have it? But I want to look at something that's very hard and try to apply it so I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I want you to turn in your Bible. I'm going to let you read it to yourself, not out loud. But I'm going to give you a hard verse to apply. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I want you to turn in your, book, in your Bibles to Proverbs. And I do mean Proverbs. I don't mean Psalms accidentally. I need Proverbs. Chapter 25. And I want you to follow along. I'll wait till you get to Proverbs 25. And I'm going to give you a verse, and this is very hard for you to do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know it is for me when I read it. Proverbs chapter 25, you there? Read 21. Proverbs 25, 21. When you read that, isn't that a hard one? That's a real hard verse to follow. You know, I, there's been times in ministry when people say some mean things to you. 
she still have to minister to them. And it's usually not them that's saying it, it's the Spirit that's saying it. It's the wrong Spirit that they have. And you never know what people are going through. So what are you going to do? Are you going to follow this verse? Or are we going to just throw this verse out? Because you know what? A lot of times we'll read verses and say, okay, that's great for so-and-so, but it's not great for me. You ever been there? When I read Proverbs chapter 25, let's, let's read it together out loud. And then I want you to tell me if you think this is an easy verse. Proverbs 25, 21 says this, If thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. Is that an easy one? Johnny, when you, when you have an enemy, do you just want to make sure they're taken care of? It's not how I act. But it's not how I should act. We should go back to that verse. What is hard for you to do with Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, is this verse itself. It says, if thine enemy be hungry, give him Give him bread to eat. If he be thirsty, give him water to drink. Solomon wrote this with all his money. Remember this. He has a bunch of money. When he writes this verse, there were probably a bunch of people that were jealous of what he had, which would make him a natural enemy. I think we're seeing that in America right now. You don't agree with somebody, you're their enemy. I was listening to an interview of a young man that came up to somebody in, in a, in, on the opposite political side, and the young man went on a tirade. And he said that, I'd slit your throat, I'd do this if I'd do this to all your, your people. And I was like, where is this coming from? Doesn't even know these people. We, we are creating enemies. We better be very careful with this. Jesus referred to this, and he said, turn the other cheek. He said, listen, if someone smites you, turn the other cheek. That's hard to do. A wise man. How many of us have prayed for our enemies? In fact, if I were to ask you, do you have any enemies? Your answer, biblically, should be what? No. Because they're not your enemies if you pray for them. And you don't wish ill upon them. It scares me when some people say they pray for me. I would like to know what they pray. You know, we've seen that in the Senate. We pray for him every day. Really? What's your prayer request? You know, as we look at this, I, I, I remember I work with a man by the name of Brother Tebow. And he made this statement. He says, once you hate a person, you will no longer find any good in him or her. Isn't that a true statement? I can tell you on, on one hand, out of all the teenagers I've ever worked for, there were two teenagers I did not like. They just rubbed my fur the wrong way. It got to the point where I had to just give it over to the Lord because my mind, I, I didn't even like watching them play basketball. This one boy, I could not stand to watch him play basketball. And then I realized I didn't like the way he walked. I didn't realize the way he, like, I didn't like the way he sounded when he sang, and he had a beautiful voice. In fact, he sang in a college. It just used to drive me crazy. You know, because once you look at them as an opposition, what do you do? You treat them different. So what does the Bible say? Well, Solomon, one of the wisest men in the Bible, go back to that verse in, in Proverbs chapter 25. He says, if, if thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. If he be thirsty, give him water to drink. 
You know, when I was thinking about this, the only way you're going to change who your enemies are, pray, pray for them. You say, well, what does this have to do with Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ. You say, well, I can't do that. You can do it through Christ. Let me give you an illustration with this. If you were in the mob that hated Christ, how did you feel about him when you saw him? Can you imagine what the mob thought? You know, there's some biblical <laughs> illustrations that you read and you go, wow, that, that's a lot of hatred. Especially when it says the gnashing of teeth. Have you ever been mad enough to bite someone? I mean, I remember watching that fighting match, Mike Tyson, where he bit, bit his ear. And I don't know if you watched the NBA this year, or, or maybe it was a, basketball, a college game this week, that they kicked a guy out because when he was on the ground, they did it in slow motion. The, guy, the opposing guy's leg was right in front of him, and he bit the guy's leg. And I didn't even, I watched it in full, ste full, full speed, I didn't see it, but then they slowed it down and he's like, ha! And he bit, bit the guy's leg and he came back, and then they watched slow motion, they kicked him out of the game. You know, have you ever been so mad that you bit somebody? I'm not talking about a child when you were a child. I'm talking about when you were an adult. That's a strong hatred. And what does the Bible say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, now we've seen the mob. We've looked, we're in the mob and we're looking towards Christ and we don't like what we see. Well, let's switch it. Now you're Christ and you're looking at the mob. Different perspective. Right? Are you thinking the same way? Because the mob, all they want to do is kill him. But Jesus, all he wants to do is what? Save them. It's a different perspective. Because the mob is all about themselves. Jesus is all about them. And so when you look at the perspective of what, if I was in the mob, how, how they must have hated Him, and they yelled, crucify Him, crucify Him. I don't have an enemy that I hate that much. But they hated Him, and what did He have done? What did he, have, he didn't do a lot of stuff to any, any of these people. They just hated Him because He stood for what was right. But then you change the perspective, and you're Jesus looking at the mob, everything changes. Because Christ can do it, we can't. That's why we've got to go back to that verse, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. When you look at that story and you read that verse, you truly realize how important Christ is in your life. You can do all things. You can love your enemies, but you can't do it on your own will. You can't do it on your own spirituality. If I walked up, let's just pick, up, pick somebody up. If I walked up to Peter and just kicked him in the shin as hard as I could, what would it be his natural reaction? What is it? Okay, I only have three people answering that, but all of us, we, uh, come here, let me try it on somebody. Who wants to come up here? I'll kick him. <laughs> Brandon raised his hand up. If I kicked him, he'd, I don't know what he would do. I don't know, would you be, would you be good with it? I am not saying it to you because you have actually kicked me. All right, so, you know, as, as we look at this, man, when someone kicks you, what do you want to do? You want to kick them back. Let's do it another way. Have you, ever put, have you ever had someone hit you in the face with a pie? What would you do if you had a pie? I'd hit them back harder. Because that's our natural reaction. I can do all things through Christ to strengthen me. What happens with this is all of a sudden Christ gives you this strength to get through it and do what's right. 
It's not always easy. Paul writes this, this book, what? While he is in jail. And he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthen me. Well, boy, there's a big difference when you think about the mob's eyes and you think about Christ's eyes. So I wanted to give you a, a very hard illustration to understand what Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. But when it comes to this, point number two is, what does Philippians 4, 13 in context tell us what to do? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, and I want you to see this. If you've got a pen, I want you to circle some words, and we're going to work our way all the way down to Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. And how did he get to that point? You just can't naturally go, okay, I'm going to love my enemies. What is an enemy? How do you define an enemy? Someone that dislikes you? Maybe someone that's hurt you physically? I think now, nowadays it's more people that have hurt you mentally. They've said th some things bad about you. I was watching an interview with, I'm a Larry Bird fan. You know what I liked about the NBA way back when? Is they weren't best friends with everybody on the court. I liked it that they didn't like the other team, amen? I mean, I, if I saw someone wearing a Lakers outfit, I didn't like them. I was green and white all the way. They did an interview with Larry Bird, and, he, and, and they tried to get him and Magic Johnson to talk, and he didn't like Magic Johnson. And then, then they played in the, um, then they played in the um, Olympics together, and they thought, okay, Magic thought everything's going to be okay. If you watch the interview, he thinks everything's going to be okay. And when they played, they were okay. But then when they went back to the NBA, guess what? He came over and he played the Boston Celtics and he thought he was going to go out and do something with Larry Bird. And Larry Bird goes, I don't want to do anything with you. You're my enemy. You know what? What we need to do is the way we treat people as enemy is how we should treat the Satan as our enemy. Not people. We've got to get back and understanding what enemies truly are. Enemies can do a lot of different things. How do you put this in context of what Paul's trying to tell us how to do this? I have a hard time with loving my enemies. I have a hard time loving my enemies, let alone feeding them and giving them something to drink. Very seldom do you see people caring for their enemies. But Jesus did. Paul knew it. Look at some of these words, and, and we're going to go through quickly. Look at verse number one. If you're circling anything, circle the word stand fast. You know what you've got to do if you're going to um, understand Philippians chapter 4, verse 13? You've got to stand fast. Look what it says in that verse. It says, Therefore, my dearly uh, brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and my crown. So stand fast in the Lord. It's not about you. It's what God has for you. Stand fast in it. Go to the second one, verse number two. You know what the word I circled in number two is? Help. The Bible says this, I beseech Euodius and beseech Seneca that they be of the same mind in the Lord. I'm sorry, that's the same mind. Circle same mind. The third one is help. Third one is found in verse number three, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellows, help those women. It, we've got to help each other. We've got to understand this to get to Philippians 4, verse 13. We want to pull that out of context and think we can do it. We can't do it by ourselves. We've got to stand fast. We've got to, on the second one, we've got to have the same mind. We've got to help. Look at verse number four. We need to rejoice. I love that verse. 
I love this verse because Paul writes it, and again, he's in jail, but he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Just in case you didn't get the first time, I'm going to tell you a second time. And where was his rejoicing in? I circled the word rejoice. In the Lord. You see the theme here? The only way you can do something is if you do it in Christ, in the Lord. When it, when it comes to in the Lord, think about this. You're supposed to rejoice in the Lord even in the bad times. Because either you're gonna you're gonna believe First Corinthians, you're either gonna believe um, Philippians four thirteen, and you're not gonna believe Romans eight twenty eight. Because Romans eight twenty eight says this: For we know that all things what work together for good to them that love God, and to them who are called according to His purpose. And I think one of the biggest things about loving your enemy is found in the next verse. We have so many emotions going that we don't realize what's going on. Verse number five says this: Let your what's the next word? moderation see your moderation I, I, I met a, a man that as the preachers would call is a preacher that makes coffee nervous I said his name you'd probably know him and I remember talking to the preacher that I worked for and I said I love to hear him speak and he told me he said you know when, when he speaks he's gung-ho and everybody would probably know his name but he said when he gets down as far up as he goes he goes that far down He's not moderate, there's no moderation in it. You're up here, you're down here. We've got to have some moderation, some, some things we understand that God has for us to stay stable. i got some things written about moderation. It says, signifies a humble, patient, steadfastness. Watch this, which is, e which is able to submit to injustice, disgrace, and maltreatment without hatred and malice. You know, when I was, when I was thinking about that, when I wrote that down, I, I, I read it in a book and I thought, man, that is exactly what I've got to do if I'm going to love my enemies. When you're treated bad, guess what? You don't need to react. I wish I could get that driving. Amen? Cecil, you understand what I'm talking about? Someone does something to you when you're driving, what do you want to do? I feel like, Bar um, not Barney, but the other guy, um, Gomer, went out, see, citizens arrest, citizens arrest. And if I could put a light on top of my car, I'd do it. Pull somebody over and say, listen, you're driving terrible. Think about it. We don't use moderation very well, do we? God wants us to use moderation. So when, you're, when, you, when something happens, you submit to injustice, disgrace, and maltreatment without hatred, and without malice. That's hard to do. That's how you love your enemies. Verse number six talks about prayer. Look at verse number six. It says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. And then it says this, with thanksgiving. I like that verse because it puts prayer and thanksgiving in the same aspect. Because a lot of times prayers are just what? Our problems. But prayers should not just be our problems, there should be some thanksgiving. Because when God answers our problem prayers, we should be thankful for what He's done. Keep reading in verse number um, 7. It says in verse number 7, and the peace of God. You've got to have some peace in your heart to get it. And then in verse number 8, it has a whole list of things you must do. And it says in verse number 8, it says, <coughs> it says, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report. And this is the word um, virtue. Then look at the very end, it says, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, have your heart on these. No, that's not what it says, it says think on these things. It's our brain. 
that gets us going in the wrong direction, right? I'll give you an illustration. This morning, when I said Matthew, and I meant Mark, I saw everybody laughing, and I couldn't figure out what it was. You ever been there? Why didn't someone say, you mean Mark? Because I'm trying to figure out what's going on up here. Because Daniel told me the first time he came to, here to come to the church, this was up here. And I don't know if you remember this. That I went down, I moved my hand, I hit something, and one of their heads fell off. He said, you, you decapitated one of those people. And I thought, did I knock one of these guys? In my mind, everything's racing. Like, what's going on? We think the wrong way, don't we? How would Jesus respond? Think of the mob. They wanted to kill him. Think like Jesus. He wanted to save them. See, for he died just as much for me as he did for them. His thought process was for them. Because when he was on the cross, what did he do? One, one thief that was justified for being on that cross got to be in heaven with him because he was concerned about people around him. If you were on the cross, what would you be doing? I probably would be complaining about the situation that I'm in, the pain that's involved. And he felt all those pain, that pain. Look at verse number 8, how it starts. It says, finally, brethren. And not to be, not to be um, forgotten, look at verse number 11 and 12. Contentment. Now, if you put all these together, you're going to see I can do all things through Christ. It strengthens me. But if you just pick verse 13, you're never going to be able to handle it. Look at these verses, look at these words together. Stand fast. Same mind. Help people. Rejoice. Have some moderation. Pray to the Lord. Have peace, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good rapport, virtue. Think on these things. Then you have contentment in verse number 11 and 12. And when you have all these lined up, guess what? 413 is not that hard. It's trying to get all these lined up in context of how he gets to verse number 13. He says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. We can't take shortcuts. Dorcas, my, my wife, my daughter was home, and we finally started using, what's that thing called? The, the Instapot. And my daughter showed us how to do it. And we were amazed how fast it does stuff. Boil an egg in five minutes. Well, let me tell you this. Don't put it in your mouth for another ten minutes. Amen? Sometimes we want that Instapot. We want the I can do all things through Christ, but we don't want to go through the other things. We don't want to think on the right things. Because once you start doing all these things, you start thinking on the right things, you're, prayer and you have, you're praying about it with thanksgiving, you have moderation, and then you have rejoicing no matter what happens, and you have help, and you have a same mind, and you have stand, fa stand fast in, your, in the faith. Can I tell you, you're going to be able to love your enemies. You're going to be able to do whatever that hard thing is. How do you help your enemies? Here's how you do it. Let's go back to that verse, um, Philippians 4.13, and we're done. Let's read it. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Where are you going to get your strength from? Christ. 
which strengthens me. He's going to do that. But how, how can you do the hard things in, in your Christian walk? Through Christ. You can have joy through your struggles. And, and as I say that, I can tell you that usually God teaches me through that. Sometimes there's things that preachers don't like to preach because then if it happens, then you've got to live through it, amen? But when it comes to loving your enemies, how do you do the hard things? I'm just going to do it. Can you rely on yourself? Remember I mean, what else Paul wrote? The things that I shouldn't do, I do. But then he writes Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whatever your hardship is, whatever you have a hard time doing, go through this list verses 1 through 12, and do exactly what, what Paul says, and then you'll be able to claim verse 13. What we like to do is we like to grab 13, pull it out, and say, okay, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you were in college, didn't you like those classes that were like 102 and 103? You know what, how you had to get through 102? You remember that? Anybody remember that in college? Do you any have a college class that said 102 and then it told you? Maybe they don't do that anymore. Did they do that, Charlie, anymore? 102, 103, put numbers on it? They don't. Okay, he's looking at me like he has no idea. You know what you have to do to get to 102 and 103? You have to go through 101. You know what the worst class was? And now if you're an English person, you'll, you'll hate me for saying this, but English 101. Because you know what you had to have to graduate? English 102. To get to English 102, you had to have English 101. And so you had to work your way through it. And I love those people that are real smart. They just jump from 101, they'd skip 101 to 102 because they tested out of it. I love those people. Because when you're talking to those people, they'll correct your grammar as you go. And there, is, there ain't nothing wrong with my grammar. But we get to the point where we want to jump and jump and jump and not do the work. God doesn't work that way in my life. He doesn't work that way in your life. He's going to give you steps along the way to make you what you need to be. And if you follow Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 12, you'll be able to do Philippians chapter 4, verses, verse 13. And it's a hard verse. It's a hard verse to figure out, but I can love my enemies if I go through Christ. I can, whatever your problem is, you can get through it through Christ. We all have issues that we have to deal with, maybe family members. One of the questions that they asked um, yesterday at the Valentine's banquet is, who has the what family member? Who has the craziest family member? Who has the craziest family member? And you could just see all these people going, well, <laughs> you know, I, she's got seven, I've got six, okay? And, and then they, they base it on that. But we're all going to have problems in our life. What are you going to do with Christ? Paul says in jail... I can do all things through Christ with strength of me. He says he's content. He's going to pray. He's going to think about the right things. He's going to help those around him. He's going to have the same mind. He's going to rejoice in the Lord always. So he doesn't have a problem with I can do all things through Christ with strength of me. You know who has a problem with that verse? A guy by the name of Walter Wagner. And I think you can insert your name. How are we going to get through these hardships? You're going to get through them through Christ. There's no shortcut. We sometimes want some shortcut. 
We must live this Bible. You can't take and say, okay, I don't want this page in there. I'm going to mark that out. You've got to take all 66 books, 1,189 chapters, and understand they're there for a purpose. And they work together to make us strong. So this week sometime, you're going to say, I just don't know if I can do this. Something's going to come up. I just don't know if I can do this. Maybe an illness. I was sharing with Sybil this, this, this evening before the service. I can't shake this cough. Mike McCann promised me it would be done in eight weeks, and I've had it for 16 weeks now. I must have had a double dose of that stuff. Yesterday I was sitting there, and all of a sudden I started coughing. I couldn't stop. And then all of a sudden it's gone. You say, well, how can I handle this? I just don't like it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. He can help me through my health. He can, help me through my, he can help me through my finances. He can help me with my enemies. He can help me with whatever it is. But I've got to do it the right way. When's the last time you prayed for your enemies? I can guarantee you this. If you won't pray for your enemies, you'll never give them anything to eat. If you don't pray for your enemies, you'll never give them something to drink. You don't pray for your enemies, you'll never turn the other cheek. Because that's not how we're wired. And that's why God says, I can do all things through Christ with strength. People need to see Christ in us. What do we do? Lord, I thank you for your verse that you give us. Paul writes, while he's in jail, I can do all things through Christ with strength.